It's time to relax, grab a drink, pull up a chair by the hearth, and have a seat in the Skald Circle to listen to the tale of Mannequin Longbeard from Lithuania as told by Casimir. Before we begin our story, we wanted to remind you that we release new tales for free every week. Our shorter tales release on Wednesdays, and our longer chapter stories release on every other Saturday. Find out where you can hear them on our website at thescaldcircle.com. And be certain to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, or whatever your favorite podcast app is. That way, you'll never miss out on one of our enchanting tales from around the world. And this is the tale of Mannequin Longbeard. In a certain village, there was once a landowner who had a wife. Though married long years, they had no child. Both of them grieved very much over this. At last, however, the wife had a little son, who she named Martin. The woman loved the child very much. He grew up to be so strong that no one could overcome him. When he was twenty years old, he felt a great longing to journey through the world and begged his father to have a smith make him a strong iron staff, except for that he did not want anything. The father drove the town, bought some iron bars, and gave them to the smith to make a staff. When it was ready, the strongest man could scarcely lift it. Martin, however, grasped the staff and swung it like a feather to and fro. Then, to try it, he threw it in the air. As it fell down, he caught it and broke it in two. Now the father must go to town to buy iron again and have it forged into a staff. This time, it was such a staff as Martin wanted. When it was ready, Martin, to test its strength, threw it in the air. Falling down, it struck so deep into the earth, it took a day's work to dig it out. Then Martin took leave of everybody and set out on his travels. After he had been on the road for many days, he met a smith who carried a huge hammer and said that he was very strong. Martin proposed they travel along together. The smith agreed to this proposal, and they went on. Martin asked the smith how strong he really was. The smith said, When with this hammer I give just three strokes to the biggest tree, that tree has got to fall. Martin said, When you have chopped it, I'll stop it from falling with my great staff. And so it was true. When I came to a very great and thick tree, the smith chopped it with three strokes. But Martin, as it fell, propped it with his staff, so that it could not touch the ground. By this, both knew that they were very strong. As they wandered on further together, they met a tailor, who said he was not very strong, but he could sew so swiftly that in one day he was able to dress a man from head to foot. This pleased Martin and the smith, and they said, Come with us! We are both strong enough, and will let no misfortune harm you. Then he went with them, and the three wandered far and wide. After a while, they found in a wood a very neat little house. Its owners were dead. There was food aplenty on hand, and they agreed to stay there as long as it pleased them. After they had been there a few days, it came into the head to go hunting, to shoot game. One of them, of course, must stay at home and look after the food. They agreed that the one who knew the most about cooking should stay home. The tailor said, I understand the matter best. I am used to being in the kitchen with the housewives and know how to handle pots and pans. Good, said the others. Here do you stay then and boil and bake so things will be tasty. The next day, after breakfast, the smith and Martin each took a gun and went into the wood to hunt. The tailor at home set about preparing the midday meal and ran around with his apron tied in front just like a cook. 
he peeped into every corner, till he had brought together what he needed for the noon meal. He wished to take great pains and to cook everything tasty so the others would praise him. When the pot stood over the fire and began to bubble, there came a knocking at the door. Tap, tap, tap. And the tailor could not leave the pot to see who it was, and thought, if it is a man, he can walk in, for the door is open. But the knocking kept on. Tap, tap, tap. After a while, he stepped out, and see, outside, before the door sill, stood a foot-high mannequin with a fathom-long beard. The mannequin began to beg the tailor to let him into the kitchen. He was so tired, so cold that he was perishing, and he seemed so miserable and weak that he could not step over the door sill. The tailor had to carry him in. Once in the kitchen, he moaned again sadly and begged the tailor to lift him on to the little bench so that he might warm himself at the fire. The tailor thought him such a poor, miserable thing that he lifted him very carefully on the bench. When the mannequin had warmed himself a little, he began to wail again. He was so hungry and begged for a little bit of meat. He would be all well again. The tailor took a piece that was a little down out of the pot and gave him some of it with the words. There, take that little bit. When the meat is done, you shall have all that you want. The mannequin Longbeard trembled so that the bit of meat fell out of his hand onto the floor, and then he begged the tailor to pick the piece up. The tailor did so, and just as he bent over to pick up the meat, sprang, the mannequin jumped from the bench and onto the back of his neck. Then he began to pound him and pobble him with his fists. The tailor screeched and scolded, but it was of no use. The mannequin struck and tormented him, till he fell to the floor half dead. The mannequin Longbeard had thus tortured and plagued his benefactor, he went away. No one knew where he went or from whence he came. When the tailor had recovered a little, he crept on all fours to bed and was sick. Sometime after midday, the others came back from the hunt, and they found their comrade very sick and whimpering. The fire on the hearth was out, the meat was half cooked, and the soup was good for nothing. Then both the hunters had a very poor midday meal, and they could not have eaten it at all if they had not been so hungry. The tailor, however, said nothing. The next day, it was the smith who had to stay home and cook, while Martin and the tailor went out to hunt. When the smith was cooking, tap, 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 someone knocked again on the house door. The smith had no time to see who it was, but as the knocking kept up, he went out to find out who was there, and see, the mannequin Longbeard was there again. The smith did not know who he was or what was about him. The mannequin Longbeard pretended again as he had done the day before, and the smith was as full of pity for him as the tailor had been. The smith lifted him onto the bench, gave him a little piece of meat, and when the mannequin let it fall on purpose, as though he could not hold it in his trembling hand, the smith bent down to pick it up, and then sprang the mannequin long beard, leapt onto the back of his neck. The smith tried in every way to tear him off his back, but it was of no use. The mannequin long beard struck and squeezed and pinched and tortured him, till all strength had left the smith, and he tumbled down nearly dead. The mannequin Longbeard stopped. The smith was so badly hurt that for a long time he lay on the floor. Then he came to himself enough to crawl on all fours to bed. When the two others came home, they found him lying in bed, nothing ready. For right in the middle of the cooking had the misfortune befallen the smith. And though the smith had said nothing, the tailor knew right well what had happened. And to the smith it was clear why the tailor had been sick the day before. When Martin found the smith in such bad state, he cared for him and by evening he was much better. On the third day, it was Martin who had to stay home and do the cooking. 
And just when the food was set over the fire and began to cook, came Manigan Longbeard to the house and knocked with a tap, tap, tap. Martin, however, took his time and let him knock a very long while. Then, when Martin was tired of hearing the knocking, he went out to see who was there. And he was not surprised to find the Manikin Longbeard before the door sill and spoke roughly to him. What kind of thing are you? Where do you come from? Now I see well who hurt my comrades yesterday and the day before. When the Manikin Longbeard heard that, he began to tremble all over his body, so that his very long beard waggled, he howled and moaned, so a stone would have felt pity, saying, I know nothing about it. I am forsaken of all the world, despised and laughed at. I don't dare show myself among people. I have come here quite by chance and I lost my way. Oh, pity me. Let me into the kitchen so I can warm myself. Oh, yes, I am so very cold. When Martin saw him trembling and howling and heard his bitter pleading, he thought, This creature is really miserable. So full of pity, said to him, There, there, come into the kitchen. But Mannequin Longbeard said, oh, I'm so tired and weak. I can't step over the door still. Be good enough and carry me in. That is it, is it, you howling creature. Come in if you want to. If you don't, why stay there as you are. As Martin said that, he went to the kitchen, poked the fire under the pot. The fire had nearly gone out and began to skim the scum off the surface of the soup. Then Mannequin Longbeard, standing before the house, began to wail sadly and to howl and to plead that Martin would lift him up on the bench by the chimney so that he might warm himself. Martin seized him by the beard and lifted him onto the bench. Then he warmed himself by the fire and began to flatter Martin, to speak friendly of him and to kiss his hands. But Martin was suspicious of all of this. When the mannequin Longbeard talked too much and crept into the chimney, he seized him by the beard, lifted him to the air, and set him down hard on the bench, saying, you crawl into the chimney again, I will fling you like dirt out the window. For a little while, there was peace. Then the mannequin Longbeard began to beg Martin just to have a little bite of meat. If he did not have it, then he would surely die of hunger. Martin threatened him with the skimmer in his hand and said, Do you see this ladle? Wait till the meat is done, then you shall have some. Mannequin Longbeard kept on whimpering. Indeed, Martin might just give him a bite of bread, he was so faint. Martin, meanwhile, took a piece of meat from the pot, tried to see if it was tender, cut off a bit, and put it in the mannequin's hand. Then the mannequin on purpose let the meat fall out of his hand to the floor, making his hands tremble as if benumbed by the cold. Martin was very angry and said, Come now, you good-for-nothing, am I your servant? He stamped with his boot on the floor hard, almost enough to overthrow the stove, grasped the mannequin's beard, and shook him. Then Martin stooped to pick up the piece of meat from the floor, without taking his eye off the mannequin long beard. With a spring, the mannequin would have leapt on his neck. But before he could land on his back, Martin caught him by the beard. Then there was the biggest tussle you ever saw. Twist, turn, wrestle. Martin had to use his great strength to reach his staff, then whack, crack, bang. He gave the mannequin the worst drubbing. He beat him till at last the mannequin had to beg Martin to stop. Martin took up an axe in his right hand and held mannequin Longbeard in the left, carried him out and whack, bang, crack. He chopped a cleft in a big tree stump. In the cleft, he squeezed the mannequin Longbeard's beard and left him there hanging to the stump. After his work, Martin prepared the midday meal, then sat down to rest.
for the struggle with Mannequin Longbeard had tired him. Yet he rejoiced that he had overcome him, and that now he would be able to show the little monster to the others. Meanwhile, the smith and the tailor had told each other about the Mannequin Longbeard, and how badly it had gone for each of them. They were curious to know how it had gone for Martin. When they came from the hunt, said Martin to them, Aha! Come on in! and eat through your field. Then I will show you the bird that made you both sick. A pair of clever men you are to let such a miserable creature overcome you. <laughs> now they all sat down at the table, and ate till noon. Martin had cooked so well that the smith and tailor kept praising him. After the meal, Martin said, Let us go and find Menegan Longbeard. I have put him in good prison and paid him back. You shall see whether he is your fellow or not. But what had happened? When they reached the tree stump, the mannequin Longbeard was not there. He had pulled so hard he had pulled his beard out by the roots. He was gone and left his long beard in the stump. And that is the tale of Mannequin Longbeard from Lithuania. Thank you for listening to our story. If you enjoyed it, we recommend taking a look at our Patreon page, as noted in the description below. You can earn great rewards while also supporting us, to keep these stories alive for generations to come. Also, remember to subscribe to us on your podcast app, and leave us a 5-star rating if you enjoyed this story. A special thank you to Cat for their support this month. Without your contribution, we wouldn't be able to continue these stories, and we truly appreciate it. Visit thescaldcircle.com to stay up to date with all of our current events, news, and much more. Not only that, but you can also visit our story archive of every tale we have ever told. It's sorted by origin and region for the convenience of your listening pleasure. Thank you for listening to our story. <laughs>